Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So this question of community has been coming up both within me and as I've been saying around around our community, but also just the um, craving for harmony, living in harmony. And I've been struck while I've been thinking about this issue of community just by how acrimonious things are getting these days, in case you hadn't noticed, about people just not getting along and my side is right and yours isn't. And the divisiveness of the culture just really is so painful to watch. I don't know if you've been looking at all of the impeachment hearings. We're not going to get talking about impeachment or, or here, but just just to say the divisiveness in seeing that, it's just so painful to see. You know, all of this, how could they think that? How could they think that? And I then was thinking about, well, lest you have the idea that in the Buddha's time, things were so much more settled, especially in his community, his sangha, sangha, the community of like-minded friends and monastics, I wanted to share with you a story from the Buddha's time that um, is quite an eye-opener. It's called um, The Quarrel at Kasambi. Anybody familiar with The Quarrel at Kasambi? Oh, good. (laughs) Well, you will be after tonight. And by the way, uh, just in case you're interested in some some talk, some uh, exploration of the Buddha's life. There's two books that um, I that are good references for me. One that I uh, relied on heavily for for this one. This is called The Life of the Buddha. It's been around. This my copy uh, <laughs> by uh, Nyanamoli. And what what he did, what Nyanamoli did, was use all the discourses from the Pali Canon that has come down to us from the time of the Buddha um, and put them not just in collected teachings but in pretty much the chronology of the Buddha's life and he weaves all of these teachings and discourses into um, one uh, common uh, tapestry and saying, then the Buddha did this, and this story happened. And he'd fill it in with a story, and then he'd give the words from the Pali Canon. So he really did uh, an, inc- an extraordinary job. Um, the Life of the Buddha by Nyanamoli. The translations are a bit archaic, so they, uh, the wording is, is not as contemporary, perhaps, as, as you might uh, enjoy, but it's all there. And then another 
history or life of the Buddha is a very accessible, readable, fun read uh, by Thich Nhat Hanh. This is called Old Path, White Clouds. And it's basically all of the stuff here, not all of it, but much of the stuff here, in Thich Nhat Hanh's user-friendly, poetic way. Uh, and it's the same stories. So I might refer one or the other as I do this. So the quarrel at Kasambi, which happened in the 10th year of the Buddha's teaching. Now you'd think that people practicing with the Buddha would be on pretty good behavior. And there's rules and stuff like that. Actually, there weren't rules, just as an aside. There were no rules for the first 20 years of the Buddha's teaching. The Buddha taught for 45 years. But the first 20 years, at least the way it has come down, there was a high caliber of monastics, um, except for this story. Um, and then after 20 years, the, <laughs> the, the, the caliber went down a bit and people started, would do silly things, stupid things, and the Buddha would make a rule. Somebody would just do something completely weird and the Buddha said, a rule, okay, we need a rule for this, to the point where there are 227 rules for the monastics. The, uh, the nuns have a few more even, and that was not because I think they were acting inappropriately, but there's a few extra rules that when they came in that, that are specifically for the nuns. We won't go there right now. <laughs> but anyway, on this 10th year, there was a dispute between the expert on the monastic code, all the rules called the Vinaya or Vinaya, and an expert on the teachings uh, on who knew all the discourses and the teachings that the Buddha had given up to that point. And they got into um, a tiff. And this was, I'll read to you from Life of the Buddha, the start of the tiff. It seems that there were two bhikkhus, monks, in one monastery, one an expert in discipline and the other a teacher of discourses. The latter went to the latrine one day and left a vessel there with some unused washing water in it. The other went in later and found it there. He asked the teacher of the discourses, did you leave that vessel with water in it there? Yes, he said. You did not know it was an offense? So I guess they had some rules, I guess, by that time. Um, you didn't know that was an offense? That's not, that's not what we do here? Uh, no, I did not, the expert in the teachings said. 
Well, it constitutes an offense, friend. Then I will acknowledge it, the expert in discourses said. But if you did it unintentionally and out of forgetfulness, there was no offense. Seemed like that would pretty much settle things. But the teacher of the discourses went away under the impression he'd done no wrong. However, the expert in discipline told his pupils, he had his own set of followers and pupils, this teacher of discourses does not know when he's committed an offense. (laughs) And they told the other pupils, the other's pupils, the the pupils of the discourse uh, expert, your preceptor has committed an offense, though he's under the impression that he is not. When they told their preceptor of this, the expert in the discourses, he said, but the discipline expert said first that there was no offense. Now he says there was one. He's a liar. His answer was to convene a chapter and suspend. Now, the the expert in the discipline was answered was to convene a chapter and suspend the teacher of the discourses when he heard that he was called a liar. So things started to get a little sticky. And then they kept on going back and forth and back and forth Your guy committed an offense, he did not. Your guy is a liar, and back and forth. And it got heated, more and more heated, until finally um, they went to the Buddha. Or somebody went to the Buddha and said, "Um, this is what's going on. A certain bhikkhu went to the Blessed One and told him about this. And the Blessed One said, there will be a schism in the Sangha. There will be a schism in the Sangha. And he got up from his seat and went to the bhikkhus who'd done the suspending. He sat down on a seat, made ready, and said to them, bhikkhus, do not imagine that such and such a bhikkhu should be suspended simply for this reason we think thus. And then he went to the others and said, hey, cool it, basically. And... Uh, don't uh, don't get so heated because somebody said this about the teacher. So we don't want a schism in the in the sangha. And he thought that that would be enough. But it wasn't. They kept on with it, and the uh, the argument got more and more heated until finally it got back to the Buddha. They're still at it. Lord, it would be good if the Blessed One went to those bhikkhus out of compassion and settled it one more time. And then the, the Buddha goes and he says to the bhikkhus, enough bhikkhus, no quarreling, no brawling, no wrangling, no disputing. When this was said, a certain bhikkhu replied, Lord, let the Blessed One, the Master of the Dhamma, wait. Let the Blessed One live devoted to a pleasant abiding here and now and not concern himself with this. 
It is we who shall be known on account of this quarreling, brawling, wrangling, and disputing. A second and a third time, the Blessed One, the Buddha said, please stop your quarreling. And a second and a third time was told, basically, butt out. Mind your own business. Then he thought, the Buddha, these misguided men seem obsessed. It's impossible to make them see. And he got up and went away. So he goes away and he says, I don't want to have anything to do with these guys. Let them figure it out themselves. They don't want me butting in. Okay, I'm out of here. And he goes and walks. Maybe I'll use the Thich Han now. He goes uh, on his own uh, for... Um, um, for some time away and he says, oh gosh, finally I can, I can be on my own. I don't have to take care of everybody. And he's meditating in the forest and as he's meditating and he's uh, wandering around the forest, he comes to a place where it just so happens that three of his disciples are living nearby and in this, uh, in this park. And he's about to go to the park when the keeper of the park, who doesn't realize it's the Buddha, said, oh, you can't go in there. Don't disturb them. Uh, those are three very holy men, and uh, we don't want to disturb them. Just so happens that, luckily, uh, Anurata, who's one of the main disciples, who's one of these three, sees the Buddha, and he says, hey, hold on a moment. That's our, our teacher, you come on in here and please be with us. And the Buddha goes and he's with them and he sees these three are just getting along so harmoniously compared to where he just was in, uh, with all, all the conflict. And he says, how is it that you seem to get along so harmoniously? What's your secret? And this is, uh, let's see if I can see Anuruddha's words. Um, Lord, we care for each other deeply. We live in harmony like milk and honey. I consider living with Nandia and Kimbila a great blessing. I treasure their friendship. Before I say or do anything, whether they're present or not, I stop and I ask myself, what would their reaction be? Would my words or actions disappoint my brothers in any way? And if I feel any doubts, I refrain from the words or actions intended. Lord, although we are three persons, we also act as one. And the other two said, uh, Anuruddha speaks the truth. We live in harmony and care deeply for each other. The Buddha is very happy. Oh, finally, it's great that some people are able to get along. And then he goes off on his way. And he goes to the forest and he says, you know, I, before I go back to my, uh, uh, my disciples and my, my whole um, 
sangha, I think I just want to spend this rains retreat by myself. So he's meditating out in the jungle, and there's this famous um, um, exchange where uh, where he's around elephants that are also getting along well, but there's this one, the king of the elephants, the tusker elephant, who is all by himself, and he is there with the Buddha. The other elements are off to the side. And the Buddha says, you know, you and I are alike. We don't need anybody else. Sometimes it's just good to be by yourself. And I'm like a tusker elephant, just separating myself now. And he spends the rains retreat by himself. Finally, it's time for him to go back. And he's, uh, he's called by Ananda. Some they go out looking for the Buddha. And he's called and, and they say, we, we miss you. Um, it's, it's been a while. Can you come and give us teachings? And he says, uh, he asks Ananda, are things settled down between, between those two factions? And he says, no, actually it, it got worse that the people who were, the lay followers of, of each started to uh, not feed the people because they were having too much arguments. And then uh, things got really out of hand and they all dispersed. He said, oh, okay, well, they're not around. I'll, I'll come back. But then after he comes back, both factions seem to realize, oh, we miss being around the Buddha. And the word gets around that they're coming back to, to be with the Buddha again. And Sariputta says to the Buddha, oh, wh- what shall we do here? And he says, first, keep them apart, okay? Separate quarters. And just... Don't, just, you just give them the, uh, the Dhamma teachings, he says to Sariputta. Give them discourses. Just feed them, nourish them with, with the Dhamma. And then after some time, uh, the head of the uh, discourses, uh, no, the, uh, the head of the, yeah, the head of the discourses, not the discipline guy, he goes to the Buddha and he says, you know, um, I think I didn't act so well. Uh, And I guess I did commit an offense. And so I want to confess that I have made an offense. And the Buddha says, excellent. And then the preceptor catches on as well. And he says, you know, schism in the Sangha is not so good. And so I apologize for my role in this. And the Buddha says, as long as people can see the error of their ways and they confess their transgressions, uh, they are to be forgiven. Which is a really important thing, that forgiveness is important for the Buddha unless there you commit one of the four cardinal transgressions uh, killing your mother or father, as I recall, uh, harming a Buddha, 
um, sexual intercourse and and um, uh, claiming uh, your advanced um, uh, attainment more than more than it is. Okay. So this is the end of the quarrel at Kasambi, and I wanted to share with you some words about the that the Buddha has. Mm. And then we can take a look and see how this is relating to us. As long as the followers of the way hold regular and frequent assemblies, they may be expected to, proper, uh, to prosper and not decline. As long as they meet in harmony, break up in harmony, and carry on their business in harmony, they may be expected to prosper and not decline. So, here we are, hopefully in harmony, meeting in harmony, and there's one extra step besides just not breaking the rules, which is having a sense of goodwill and connection. And I've seen for myself the possibility of living in harmony, uh, and I want to somehow bring that spirit to our community here. I'm, I'm sitting and, and looking at a, an old housemate of mine. There's my friend Shoshana Alexander. Raise your hand, Shoshana. Um, we shared a communal house for a number of years in the 80s that was like milk and, and honey for the most part. Not always, but pretty much, yeah. And we had house meetings, and people said, wow, it's so good to be part of this community. And we had um, eight adults, usually, and three children, and everybody knew their chores, and we had our, uh, your night to, to cook dinner, and we had our, uh, your time to do shopping, and we had our house meetings regularly, and um, that made me believe in harmony and made me see the possibilities when people say, oh, how fortunate we are to be together. Um, and that's really what inspired me to do uh, start the Community Dharma Leaders Program in, at Spirit Rock, which is now in its like sixth iteration. And... Uh, Kalyanamita, spiritual friends group, because it makes all the difference in the world when people are on the same page and say, oh, it's so good to be together. And uh, I'm wondering as I'm, as I'm talking, if there's anything you'd like to uh, share or reminisce about, uh, about Harwood House uh, while you're here. And then we can open up the conversation. So, Jonathan. Uh, she had no idea I was going to say this, so um, I'm putting her on the spot. But I'm trying to think fast. Um, I'm thinking about how one of the things that was so helpful was we had a structure for the house meeting. And do you remember we had um, clearings and self-clearings to begin, mm. right? Mm. Remember? 
No, it was before that. We had appreciations. We had appreciations and, and self-appreciations. Yes. Yes. So you, we'd start off, first there'd be a, a, a check-in, and then we'd have appreciations. Oh, I really like the way you did that, Shoshana. And then if you did something that people didn't say or see, then you had a chance to do self-appreciation. <laughs> And then, right? And then it was, uh, then it was. Uh, what was the other one? The, clearing. the clearings and, and self clearings. Okay, right. So, all right. Um, yes, I was the one who left the frying pan sitting in the sink the other day. Right, we started <laughs> out with self clearing. Uh huh. I yes. blew it. Yeah. Okay, I blew it. Um, and then it's. But you left a frying pan sitting in the sink on the following day, and you haven't said that. So um, it might be nice if, you know, if you might acknowledge that as well. Oh, all right, I did it, and, right? right? But it was so great because we actually took responsibility in those ways. It was fun, and it was real. Um, and then we went on in, in what was really um, uh, an agreed-upon structure for the house meeting. That was partly what made it work. We had a structure we all agreed on and that we attended to. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And another thing that was just wonderful was when the children were there. Adam, um, James's son, my son, Elias, and Rose Nisker, Wes Nisker's daughter, who was a teenager at the time, and took care of them. Um, and we had Anne Gary, who was in her, what, late 80s? Um, so it was just quite um, a, a wonderful um, a, a collection of people with a lot of diversity, um, but, but right, agreements that made it work. Mm -hmm. Excellent, yes. And uh, another thing we did, um, the self-clearing was, was a good chance to kind of you know, say mea culpa, and then you knew that if you didn't and somebody else knew something about you, you know, so you were very much um, on, the, on the spot to beat somebody else, preempt them, hey, I blew it here. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but besides the, uh, then there were con CRs, consciousness raisings, hey, we need to clean up the, uh, spiff up the kitchen a bit, or hey, we're leaving stuff in the drainer, you didn't even leave stuff in the dish drainer at the house. Uh, and then uh, after we had the agenda items, we had process time at the end. Do you remember? Mm. The, of the, uh, do you remember what that was? Um, well, there were several different versions of it, depending upon who was there at the time. Wait, go on. But the process time was before you left, uh, before you ended the meeting, you had a chance to say uh, how the meeting was for you. And if it, mostly people said, it was really great being together. But sometimes they'd say, you know, when that came up and it, you spoke a little bit sharp and I, I felt myself contract. And rather than going away and feeling disconnected, it was a, an opportunity to have wise speech, right speech, and saying what's truthful and useful in a kind way so everyone would benefit and we'd feel, stay connected to, uh, to, the, uh, to the group, which we do now uh, in 
uh, Kalyana Mita groups, I suggest it. And um, this has been a... Harwood House was actually the place where Spirit Rock, all the visioning for Spirit Rock happened. Uh, It was a big house. It was... um, uh, I'm sure you've heard, seen Caldwell Banker. You know, the Caldwell Banker real estate. It was Mr. Banker's house. So it was a big house. And... um, we had a room downstairs. It was one where I used to teach. And that's where Spirit Rock was in, envisioned, really. Uh, and so it had very, very good vibes. And we used to have our meetings with the similar kind of structure. And we'd have a, not, we didn't have clearings in uh, so much, but we had process time at the end. How are we doing here? So it was just an ongoing connection. It was, it was really, it was special. Anything else? Um, Yeah, just to follow on that, I think the thing, again, that was most uh, instructive about that was how useful it is to have agreements that everyone feels aligned with um, in order to make a community really work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me uh, just ask for you to reflect, has there, in your life, uh, when have you been part of a, a group that really worked? Maybe it was, maybe it's your family, or maybe it's uh, just some friends when you've gotten together, uh, it really gels, or maybe you were doing a common project with with some friends or some kind of um, co-creation together. Just think, I invite you to just uh, close your eyes for a moment. And think of when in your life you've had a sense of community. And if you can think of some situation like that, Just remember how it felt. Maybe you have it right now. Maybe you have a few communities. And how it feels to be part of something, that belonging. And whether it's now or in the past, what ingredients do you think have supported that feeling of connection and belonging. And ingredients that perhaps we can keep in mind as you more and more feel connected in this community. Okay, and now um, I'd like to invite you to uh, turn to uh, a couple of people near you and uh, share once again. We did something like this a few weeks ago, but I'd like to, uh, again, from the standpoint of your own experience of community that has worked or works, just share your experience when it has or hasn't worked and uh, what ingredients 
for you are key to having that sense of connection and feeling belonging. So once again, turn to a few people. If you don't want to do this, don't feel you have to. You can sit quietly on your own, but right now, go ahead. So just uh, take a moment before you come back and uh, notice how it feels inside for there to be a easy flow of conversation and and take a look at your partners and uh, just see the Buddha right in them. There they are. Okay, you can come on back. Mm. Great. Well, that was as much a a, a talk as an excuse for you to connect with each other. It didn't really matter what you were saying. I just wanted you to enjoy hanging out. But um, hopefully, you said some some things that uh, that resonated. And uh, we could just take a few moments, uh, share anything that might have come up in your group for you. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm speaking for these two. Um, Singing, singing together came up, right? Different contexts of what that is Mm. that holds people together when you sing together Mm. and how so much has happened with the engineering and the perfection of music, right? That's out there rather than we're doing it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So you well, got your guitar, I James. Did, yeah, you know, on my <laughs> way out, I, I had that very same thought because some people in the survey said singing. So, um, so let's leave a few moments. For, there's one song I thought of that we could all sing together. Because I don't like singing to people. I like singing with people together. So, thank you for bringing that up, Shoshana. Yeah. What else? All the way, all the way in the back. Ah, my another dear friend, Isabelita, <laughs> who I've known since I first got to California in 1977, 78. Uh, right. So nice to have you here. Oh, my pleasure. And put it close so to your mouth. My name is Shelly Kamo. Yeah. My name is Isabelita. Um, I'm a little jet lag. I just came back from Thailand. So, um, anyway, next to your mouth. Yeah. what came up for me is um, I teach. I teach Qigong, and I've been teaching it for ten years now. I have a group that meets every Wednesday and especially for seniors. And what I notice is um, I, I hold space for them, and I'm the point person, and I'm Mike. the one that, recomm- that reminds them about self-care, and we exercise together. And what I notice that, you know, we exercise more when we are together than being alone. Mm-hmm. And I notice that no one would like to be isolated and do it alone at their house. Mm. So they come there for to support each other for their well-being and to be able to stretch and move. And our um, intention is, so, is important. 
is self-care. And um, everyone gets to, not everyone, those who wants to share can share what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And everyone benefits. And um, we have potluck. So, and then they get to see each other. And that's how they form the, the community that I'm very grateful for. Mm. So that was the intention. Mm-hmm. Is to so moving together and, and sharing, sharing movement together. And, and, and sharing food sharing and fun together. and joy. And yeah, they, mm. they come there. I, some of them, they really don't care about exercising as much. Mm-hmm. They love to see their friends and mm-hmm. it's the connection. Great. Yeah. Thank you. And Isabelita, by the way, also teaches at Spirit Rock some mm-hmm. uh, retreats. So if you're interested, you can uh, check, uh, connect <laughs> with her after uh, and, and hear when Yeah, when she I does. teach with Ananda Bodhi, the nuns. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then one more thing with my, with my husband. Um, we, we, um, we ask each other what works and what is it that we, we have harmony. And one thing is we don't use you. We always say I. I feel this way when you do this, or this is how I'm feeling, and this bothers me. And well, or if I feel he's angry at me, I would say I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Are you mad at me or something like that? Mm. And then uh, we try to say one thing we appreciate Mm. about each other. Mm. Thank you. Any last comment? One last one right over there. Yeah. Well, I'll just say, um, as you can see, we're from different generations, but very quickly we found things in common where our conversation, when you don't have much of an agenda and you're just listening, how is it for you, it, it, it's wonderful to hear other people's perspective of things where you've you've shared an experience or you've shared a place maybe decades apart mm. but just that that the the wonderful the beauty of sitting and being interested and curious about just how it is for somebody else mm. and that's that's really wonderful beautiful yeah just listening what a what a gift to give someone Thank you. Okay, so um, to be continued, uh, first I, I just want to share this poem I love on Sangha. This is by Dana Falls, one of my favorite poets. Teach me what I cannot learn alone. Let us share what we know and what we cannot fathom. Speak to me of mysteries and let us never lie to one another. May our fierce and tender longing fuel the fire in our souls. When we stand side by side, let us dare to focus our desire on the truth. May we be reminders, each for the other, that the path of transformation passes through the flames. To take one step is courageous. To stay on the path day after day, choosing the unknown and facing yet another fear together, that is nothing short of grace. Sangha by Dana Falls. Okay, so what um, made me pull up pull the guitar on my way out was um, 
song uh, that an oldie but a goodie. I only basically know oldies but goodies. Um, uh, let's let's get together. <laughs> the one that goes. Um, well, I gotta get in. Well, it goes. Come on, people now. Smile on each other, everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. You know the one. Um, and as it starts, I just, uh, I just lost the, the, the words. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the, I get the first word, I'll get it all. Uh, love is but a song we sing. Okay. Love is but a song we sing. Fear's the way we die. Fear's the way we die. You can make the mountains ring or hear the angels cry. You can make the mountains ring or hear the angels cry. No, the bird is on the wing. You need not know why. No, the bird is on the wing. You need not know why. Come on, people now. Smile on each brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. Is this uh, not a good key? I'll go up again. Some will come and some will go. Some will come and some will go. We will surely pass. We will surely pass. When the one that left us here When the one that left us here returns for us at last. Returns for us at last. We are but a moment's sunlight fading in the grass. Come on, people now. Smile on each other. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. I said... Come on, people now. Smile on it, brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. If you hear the song I'm singing, you will understand. If you hear the song I'm singing, you will understand. You hold the key to love and fear. You hold the key to love. All in your trembling hand. All in your trembling hand. Just one key unlocks them both. Just one key unlocks them both. It's there at your command. It's there at your command. Come on, people now. Smile on each other. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. I said, come on, people now. Smile on each other. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. I said, come on, people now. Smile on each other. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. Right now. Right now. Okay, we'll close with a little loving kindness. It's a little bit... Thank you. All right. Just feel a sense of connection to yourself and to everyone and share whatever 
aliveness that you're feeling, good heart that you're feeling, let's just share it with everyone and share it with the world. May all know connection and belonging, harmony and inner peace. And may our coming here together be for the benefit of all and, and this planet of ours. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.